0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for Family Business Radio, showcasing outstanding family businesses and the advisors who assist them.
1: Good afternoon. You're listening to another episode of Family Business Radio, brought to you, yours truly, Anthony Chen. Today, we have three amazing guests uh, coming with us today, sharing us their origin stories and their little perspective and insights in regarding to their business. So our first lovely guest is Diana Murphy with Diana Murphy Coaching. Welcome to the show, Diana.
0: Hey, so glad to be here.
1: Great. Thank you for coming. So kind of share with us uh, your origin story as to what got you into coaching.
0: Great. So um, when I was first trained to be a coach, it was said that you've always been a coach. So I always loved um, personal development. And I worked with the Gallup organization for a time, actually at the time that they created the Strengths Finder. So it was a really cool place to be in a fast-growing company. When, as I moved forward, I was a salesperson. I've done other things. And after my kids were grown, I really knew I wanted to help others with the transformations I was experiencing. And one of those was weight loss. Um, so my first stint was weight loss coaching and did it through Weight Watchers in a group environment, um, really coaching women in the corporate space because I worked, I took the show on the road and helped people um, at Southern Company and other places. It was really an exciting opportunity. And I realized that 20% of my job was coaching. And I loved that part. And I loved running the meetings. And I decided I wanted to be more impactful and run my business solo. So I Um, trained to be a coach, and brought all those tools and experience to coaching leaders around weight loss. What I quickly learned, and many coaches have several iterations of how they engage with people initially, and I always knew I wanted to be coaching people that were top performers, type A people, leaders. And that was the theme all the way through my practice. Um, I moved into wellness and then really realized that the core issue for all leaders is mindset. Our thoughts create our emotions that sometimes create overeating. So that was the example in weight loss coaching. But our, we have so much unintentional thought that that creates an unintentional result in our business, either slowing us down with procrastination or where we are getting um, frustrated with things that are happening in our business, which many things happen in our business. And I absolutely have fallen in love with the small business owner and I'm in a very long-term commitment lane with the small business owner. I love that part of my business. So right now I'm a mindset and life coach for the small business owner or a business owner CEO. Mm-hmm.
1: And can you share with us a little insight or perspective as to what made you make the shift from weight watchers?
0: Yeah. Uh, weight loss, weight watchers to, um, my own business. I clearly did not realize how, Powerful my own leadership was and my desire to be doing it, running my show. And so, working for a very large corporation that was not paying their people very well, um, I quickly saw that I wanted to start running my own business. And so, that's also the heart of my coaching is that I've had my own journey and just love the journey and the growth that comes from being a business owner. Mm-hmm.
1: So now that you've kind of shifted gears into helping other business owners, what's kind of the biggest challenges you find common with most business owners?
0: Most business owners in their beginning phases are having quite a bit of fun because they've you know, made a commitment to run the business and all the, they're watching all their ideas come to life. Now, sometimes that can be a tough area and I have coached people in that space too. But what really happens, the, the biggest issue is that the business they created starts feeling like it happens to them. So the overwhelm, the frustration, they've got you know money coming in, why am I not happy? And they realize they're working a lot of hours and they're starting to believe that there's no other way to do it. And so it's hurting either relationships in their life or they're not able to grow in their business because they're not using that visionary mind that started the business anymore. They're Mm -hmm. just reacting and in the business too much. So I have a lot of owners that um, really don't realize that their true love of their clients – and their true love of the people that work for them, you know, that really like the guilt about the work life of the people that are working for them or the customers, they make, that such a wholehearted priority for them that they'll do anything for those parts. But then they end up sacrificing some things for themselves personally or in their relationships at home. And overwork seems to be the classic answer to every business problem when you're first in it. And sometimes that isn't the best solution um, sometimes it is time to delegate, time to make quicker decisions and other things. And that's what I help clients to do.
1: Mm-hmm. So you kind of uh, brush uh, on the tip of the iceberg, really, for a lot of the challenges uh, for business <laughs> It is a tip of
0: an iceberg. We need to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, how
1: do you kind of help them navigate in terms of uh, addressing the, the big elephants in the room, like right now, the labor shortages and and kind, kind of pivoting starting from last year with COVID?
0: Yeah, there's so much coming at at owners right now. And in fact, I just started with a new owner that inherited his the businesses that he's running. And so some of it is a reluctance, like, Oh my God, what have I done? You know, by running this. So he's, he's learned to be a business owner through fire hose training, but the labor shortage is real. But what he was making his mind was making a deduction that he wasn't doing it right because people were leaving that, um, you know, it was his own way of taking that circumstance and not realizing he was thinking thoughts like, I'm not doing it right, I I'm hurting my employees, I must not you know, it was all like his own thinking about himself. Yeah. Well, that was making him shrink back in being a true leader and getting so discouraged that he thought he was causing this problem. And we quickly in one conversation are talking about like, Do you really see that the entire nation is having a labor shortage issue. And then we dug into the true circumstances of what was happening in his business and he realized he was not at the root of the issue and he could solve it by getting more neutral about you know taking that almost so personally and so and it's really from his values of wanting to make the work environment really great for his employees so it comes from a good place but i think sometimes we can overtake responsibility for the problems that are happening in our business and then think we're stuck and this is the way that it's going to be forever and that our business might fail because of it Our brain goes really quickly to an ugly story. So pivots and those transitions that we've all had to make this year – It We really have to be careful about the deduction we're making. Like when COVID hit, I believed my goals still were going to happen revenue-wise for that year. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not quite sure how, but I'm still going to do it this way. So I leaned in on a really strong mindset and I helped others along the way that were thinking, oh, my business is going to fail. The the economy is going to collapse now. I had entertained those thoughts, Mm -hmm. but I brought myself back to what do I really believe about the, the future? What are helpful ways of thinking about the future that helped me to keep moving forward instead of shrinking back. Mm. So that those are some, I don't know if those are clear enough examples. Well, but that's.
1: That, that, those are really good examples. I, I know in time we're not able to go completely into the weeds of every little right. detail, but there's only uh, so much information we can kind of touch upon. But kind of segue into the next question, then as you're talking about the growth for the business as a business owner being concerned about it even let's say for example, these past two years are to focus on growth. Some business owners are also look, looking in terms of transitioning, selling out. And then of course, 2020 happened. Yes.
0: <laughs> how, how, how The gap year. Yeah, let's call it 2020 (laughs) as as the year year that never
1: happened. Yeah. (laughs) So, so how how do you kind of help them navigate in terms of making sure they don't regret the decisions moving forward?
0: So there is a program and I actually created an entire podcast series that is quickly I've all the content is in the bucket and it's called the regret proof way to build your business or to transition or to sell. And regret proofing really starts from dialing down the stress that the current situation is happening. So COVID causes, obviously, a lot of natural stress. So it's realizing what deduction our brain is making in those moments and realizing that's not helping us. And so really managing, moving not quickly to a positive space, but really being careful about always leaning to a negative reaction or thought to the circumstance. But to really regret proof when they walk through, they need to lean in on their values. They need to lean in and become a quicker decision maker, get less attached to the outcome and maybe create that mindset that, oh, I can change my mind. And so, um, those are just some facets of it. It really is dialing down the stress, leaning into your values, becoming a brilliant decision maker and really creating space for vision casting. My The owners I work with have that deep vision, and every day that's robbed by a lot of day-to-day problems become a a place where that business is not growing as much. It's not leaning into the vision or the mission. Mm -hmm. And so to truly have the growth that owners want no matter what comes out their way, they really have to make sure they're investing, even if it's 10 to 15 minutes a day, where they are – truly how can I solve this based on what my goals are this year? how can I lean in on the vision I really think my business could have in a year and by making sure they don't let the negative thinking and the the natural way our brain gets really in fear when big things happen and to really see um, kind of shift that to a more positive outlook
1: mm-hmm. So if we were to kind of fast forward time on, once uh, as you're helping navigate, for the business owner, Mm -hmm. growing their business. And let's say they hit a particular benchmark and then they say, well, now I like to reinvent myself and kind of sell off my Mm -hmm. business or transition into another position. Um, What do you find is the most difficult for owners kind of going through this process?
0: I think that, again, it really comes back to, and the people that I work with are very wholehearted. They have a really high value system towards their family and all those relationships or kids, the if they're married, um, the people that they care about. And so that if it's a family business, obviously, that's a very big part of it. And they also really care about the people that they've brought on in their team. So to navigate that well is to really make sure that they honor when they look at their decisions, they don't over worry about all the people. They have to get really clear about what they want to create in that sale and get really precise on what outcome they really want to create and make sure that the advisors that are working with them understand those values mm-hmm. and understand their priorities and i think that you can regret proof even something like selling your business by getting very open mind open with what you're thinking and you know eyes wide open as you approach the problem and not get um, worried, overly worried about how everybody's going to react to to the sale. I think that shuts down a lot of owners and makes it hard for them to get more rational and and lean in on their advisors so that they can really hear the different advice and sort it and then make their decisions. Well,
1: if I may be so bold as kind of para- paraphrase, but correct me if I'm. From what I'm kind of hearing is that they should really focus on themselves rather than trying to fix everybody else. Cause it yes. sounds like even on the sale, yeah. they're still concerned about everyone.
0: Right. But and themselves. When, right. And if they need to honor those priorities, but if they overthink and over worry about how their wife is going to respond with the amount of money or with the telling their daughter, you know, you and I were recently part of XPX's, you know, I think of those examples where we watched an owner go through um, a process and if they don't lean in hard on what they really want out of it, mm-hmm. then their advisors can't help them. And so I love being in that space where I help that owner be ultra, ultra clear on what they want to accomplish. And when everybody hears that message, everyone knows how to help that owner. Mm-hmm. Certainly.
1: Well, then kind of shifting the the lens, since we're talking about other business owners, kind of shifting back a little spotlight on you uh, as you're growing your business. What is kind of one of the most interesting things that you've learned as you're building your own practice?
0: Oh boy, there's so much. Um, I have never, um, I think the journey of becoming a business owner and a healthy business owner is a an amazing personal development growth process. There's just no way to avoid the places where you need to grow and where you need to shift and change um, to be effective. So for me, I have learned more about myself than I ever really wanted to, <laughs> but it has turned out to be one of the most joyful um, endeavors I've ever had. You know, To be supporting my family financially, to be living a lifestyle that I love, and to be meeting and engaging with owners where I know the impact of working with these owners affects their family. It is like a huge ripple effect. Mm-hmm. I'm doing so much more than coaching that one person. I am – from the work that I do with them, it affects everyone in their lives, mm-hmm. first themselves, but oh, it really affect. it has a powerful ripple effect.
1: So for our listeners who would like to have an advocate on their side, or at least keep an eye for their best interest, because they're keeping an eye out for everybody else's best interest, how can they best reach out to you?
0: Yes, they need to really understand their thinking. That's my ninja skill, is to help them see their thinking. Um, I would love anyone that just feels a little bit curious to just shoot me an email, Diana, at com. I run a very high tech business and i love hearing from my listeners i have a podcast um successful mindset for the business owner that is where they can find the regret proof series it's one of the most powerful um, programs i've created and it's a great way to really get in touch with and get some of the shifting and insight that they need as owners before even reaching me and i have a website diana murphy coaching but i would love for people to dig into the podcast and be in touch with me on my email
1: great thank you diana
0: thank you so much
1: our next honored guest, we have Joseph Lambert with Joseph's Junk Removal. Welcome to the program, Joseph.
0: Hey, thanks, Anthony. Happy
2: to be here. Great. Well, kinda of share with us uh, your story as to how you got started. Yeah, man. It's uh it's quite a story. So I grew up as the oldest of five kids, really super thankful to have two loving parents growing up and mm-hmm. but when I when I was twelve years old, my parents got a divorce, which really kind of just, you know, broke our family like it does, you know, for most. So you know, with a single mom and you know, five kids, one of my you know gut reactions was, let's go out and earn some money and you know do anything I can to help. So, you know, I went out and started mowing yards anywhere I could I worked in construction with a guy from my church, which was unbelievable. I learned so many lessons doing that, um, which just really developed a love in me for just working hard and taught me so many valuable lessons at 12, 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always looking ahead and just really wanted to grow my business, which was landscaping at the time. And the only way I could figure out to do it was I got to find somebody who can drive because I can't, <laughs> and I can only get so far walking. So turns out I had a buddy who was actually in my business law class in high school and he was a little bit older than me. He was actually about a year and a half older than me, but we already knew each other from football. And I was like, Hey man, what if we partnered up and you do the driving, I'll talk to the people and get the jobs and we just work together. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Cause he was already doing a little bit of landscaping. So it ended up, we were, we were the dream team for about a year. We rolled around in his van. And, uh, I, I got every, all the clients talked to everybody, got us jobs and, you know, we just learned what it meant to start a little business, even, even in high school. So that went on for about a year. And then a little bit later on when I, when I turned 16, I'd saved enough to buy my own truck. So bought that and expanded, you know, what I did a lot more and ended up, you know, even started me and Sam split ways and we started doing our own things. And then a little bit later in high school, I ended up finding junk removal because I had actually done a job for a landscaping client where I'd made like 1600 bucks in about four hours Into a 17 year old kid in high school. That's a lot of money mm-hmm. So I was like wow, I, I need to look into this a little bit more So after looking into it, I was really fascinated by how simple the process was And how low the bar was just just to meet expectations And what I loved was it just left so much room to exceed expectations and be better than everybody else And uh, in addition to that, you know it really meant the, the model was scalable. So I could see it quickly going from one truck to three trucks to five trucks to 10 trucks, uh, which makes sense how, you know, the, the giants of the industry like got junk, how they actually did it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, anyways, went all in on that throughout the rest of high school, uh, ended up having a little curveball thrown my way senior year because I was focusing on, you know, playing baseball, playing football as well as work. And I really put high school in the back burner, which I would not recommend to any high school kids who are listening to this or middle school kids or kids in college, but it's the reality of part of the story. So, but what that meant was I failed a class I needed to graduate, which ended up being a blessing in disguise because I had to stay home for what would have been my you know, first semester of my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And I took that class. And while I was taking that class, I worked full time, you know, 50 hours a week doing junk removal. And what ended up happening was that figured out okay this is actually a really great business and it just gave me so much confidence to actually pursue it so you know that December I actually got my diploma uh I graduated high school like the rest of my class a couple months before and then I just asked my parents like hey what do you think about me doing this full time and you know, I made a whole powerpoint presentation for them and whole business plan so this wasn't just some you know idea out of nowhere and they were like yeah we see the numbers we see your plan go for it. And I was very clear, Hey, look, if this doesn't work out, I'll happily go back to school, but this is an awesome opportunity and I want to pursue it. So anyways, pursued that, you know, full steam. And we're talking about, you know, January of 2020 right now. So, you know, right before COVID hit, COVID really helped our business a lot. It helped us grow a lot quicker than we probably would have been able to initially. So we went from me just riding around in a pickup truck and trailer to by that July, we were running four trucks, um, I was stuffing them with every college buddy, and high school, but I could find, you know, we didn't own any of them. They were just U-Haul trucks I'd rented. Um, we have all, we, U-Haul hated us by the way. <laughs> if there's any former U-Haul employees that know who we are, I really apologize for those dirty <laughs> trucks. But anyways, it was how we got started. And then, you know, what I learned that summer was, okay, there is a business model here. There's some serious revenue here and I can really make this something if I chase really hard after it. But what I realized at the time was, I'm not building my business efficiently. So yeah, we're kicking butt on revenue, but we don't have any profit. So I've got to tear this thing back down and then build it in a profitable way. So what that meant was, you know, not running as many trucks. We started buying our own trucks and then just improving our systems, hiring the right people and doing everything we needed to actually build a really well run business with a strong foundation. And around the same time, I actually met a guy named Les Stretch who ended up being a mentor of mine at the time. And You know, I think with a lot of his guidance and some other guys who are in my life as well, who, you know, had been there, done that, been in the business world for, you know, a lot of time, they were really able to do something amazing. And, you know, they turned what would have been years of me learning stuff into months. So, you know, I was learning at a really rapid rate, which allowed me to grow the business, you know, quickly. So fast forward to where we are now, you know, we've built a much better foundation than we had a year ago. Instead of having all rental trucks, you know, now we own five of our, actually six of our own trucks, uh, if you include our pickup um, and, you know, we're doing great. Uh, labor shortage has definitely you know, hurt us like it has everybody else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thankfully, we've got an awesome team right now. Uh, really thankful for everybody that's on there. And, you know, we're going in a great direction. Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: that's an incredible story. It sounds like uh, instead of taking the traditional academic path of college, you're going through the School of Hard Knocks and, and your yeah. professors or your mentors.
2: Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. So, kind of looking in the, forward, in the future, I mean, would you have imagined, let's say, a year or two ago, that you'd be in a position that you are in today?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Um, if I'm honest, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I was I was looking ahead, and I, I knew yeah. what it could be, you know. And i I didn't look too far ahead. I didn't let that you know get away from me, from you know, destroying the task that are in front of me. Mm-hmm but I was definitely looking ahead and I knew from the get go, Hey, this could be, you know, five trucks, 10 trucks. And in a you know, short amount of time, I didn't know exactly what that looked like down to the day, mm-hmm. but I was very confident in what we were doing. And I think that confidence allowed me to really run so hard after this dream of, you know, what we've created.
1: Yeah. Especially when you shared about uh, presenting a PowerPoint presentation to your parents and really doing the homework, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> convincing them that this is not a lark This is you're, you're very serious
2: Absolutely. and invested into this. So kind of segue
1: into the next, uh, Obvious question is what what is your next series of plans?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, something I've just noticed looking around the world at other entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs have so many great ideas, and the hardest thing for an entrepreneur is picking which ideas are we going to go after and actually making them successful. Mm-hmm. So, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs who, you know, they have a new idea or new business they start every month or every 6 months or even every year. And I'm the same way. I have a lot of new ideas. And I actually keep a record of them on my phone, but my dream is to, you know, create a lot of those ideas that I've come up with, but also to do them really well. So my plan right now is to spend five years on each business. So, you know, I'm in year two of, you know, a five-year plan for Joseph's Junk Removal. And after that, I'd really love to move on to something else. But, you know, I want to do everything that I do with excellence. So, you know, what that looks like is really going all in for five years on, you know, one goal and then accomplishing that as well as I can. And then being able to, you know, either sell it or, you know, have the people in place to actually run it and then go on to something else. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do something halfway. Mm -hmm. So kind of share with us what a typical day looks like for you. Oh, man. I'm trying to make sure that a typical day, you know, is always the same (laughs) as much as possible because, you know, there's always curveballs get thrown in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually try to get up between 5 and 6 a.m. It varies on, you know, what kind of meetings we got that day, really what's going on early, early in the morning. But it's real important, you know, try to meet my team when they start, you know, at seven every morning as much as possible. Usually that ends up being about three to four days a week. And then, you know, answering emails from about nine to nine thirty. That's super important. Wanna get that knocked out. And then, you know, whatever I can do to generate revenue usually happens a little bit later in the morning after I finish answering emails. And then, you know, crush that to do list after that. So those are all the things I really try to get done before lunch. And then I really leave the afternoon wide open. So whether that be other meetings I had scheduled uh, I try to do a lot of reading. So, you know, I had ambitious goal of reading a book a day. We're still working on actually getting there. <laughs> um, it's definitely possible. It's just, you have to a lot enough time to do it and stay focused. Mm-hmm. So definitely do a lot of reading, you know, and crush other stuff. I didn't get done in the morning.
1: Well, since we're on a topic of reading, what, what are you currently reading now?
2: Oh man. Um, I think, okay. So I finished, I just finished reading traction, which is a phenomenal book. Um, finishing up becoming a person of influence by John Maxwell, which is a great book. By the way, this title is very deceiving. it's not a self help book It's really a book that I think helps you learn about people because you know what I've discovered is every business is about people and if you understand the people, you can really run any business so it's really helpful for understanding how people work um, I'm also reading a book called Titan It's the Biography of the Life of John Rockefeller mm-hmm. who was a phenomenal dude you know who really came up in the industrial revolution and I think what's amazing with John rockefeller is He grew up in a world, in a market where there were no rules, the rules we have in place to, I think, help guard small businesses and keep the giants from taking over weren't in place yet. Mm -hmm. So he was able to be the giant quickly and really was able to dominate. And he got a lot of criticism, especially in the later, you know, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. But I think what's so interesting is, you know, people try to paint him in such a negative light. And, but if you really read his book and Ron Chernow didn't, phenomenal job actually showing his heart behind his motives mm-hmm. and he really had a, had a had an awesome heart and some of the stuff he did that nobody ever reported was pretty cool but yeah he's just a great guy to learn from it's a really big book so you gotta really attack it but i'm um, thankful to be reading that one mm.
1: so i'm assuming that's one of the books that you couldn't like cram out in, in a day
2: <laughs> that is not yeah that is not a one day error. most mm-hmm. of them are but not that one
1: so, so for our younger listeners, whether they be in high school or college right now, what, what's kind of the advice you'd uh, share with them if they kind of have that entrepreneur itch themselves and they're kind of on the fence? Oh, I'm not sure if I want to make this jump or not.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first thing would be just do it. I mean, <laughs> don't wait around. Mm-hmm. Scrolling through Instagram for two hours is not helping your day <laughs> at all. Um, trust me, I've done it, and I didn't. It didn't help anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I th- I think some things that I just learned that I would that I wish I'd known when I was in high school. I actually made a list. I put them on my Instagram not too long ago, but uh, first thing would be just make a plan and stick to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big believer in make a plan for about two years and just go really hard after it and don't change it if you can help it. Mm -hmm. Number two, you know, take every successful person, you know, out to coffee, master asking questions. I mean, just take them out and ask them everything you can. And by the way, come really prepared. Don't ask questions as they come you know, come with five questions you can ask these people and then take really good notes. Don't be embarrassed to pull out your phone and say, Hey, I'm not texting. I'm actually just taking notes on what you're saying. And by the way, that'll actually make them want to share more with you. Read a lot. Um, read, you know, every book anybody ever recommends. I have a rule personally that if anybody recommends a book to me, I order it on Amazon immediately and put it on my shelf and, you know, add it to my list. And if you can learn to learn to speed, read speed read is super helpful. For some people, it actually, you retain information better when you speed read. Uh, it's been said by a lot of people that really only 20% of what's on a page you actually need to know. So don't feel like you need to read every word. Apply great advice within three hours of hearing it. And no, that's not too short amount of time. You can get most things started in three hours. So that's my rule, especially when I'm around, you know, wise guys who are good mentors in my life. Um, and really, knowledge without direct application is useless. If you're not using it, just it's it's not important. Uh, sharpen your communi- communication skills Communication is everything you got to use words wisely and effectively uh, I like to say read a lot Write a lot, ask a lot And don't talk too much Especially when you're young Like you know, me and a lot of other you know, younger kids In you know, high school and college mm-hmm. And probably one of the biggest ones is Just flush your ego down the toilet Learn from everybody and be willing to do any job you know, For me, like, one of my rules is I, I jump on you know, our truck teams At least once a month you know, it'd be very easy for me just to sit in the office all day, but you know, I want to know what my guys are going through every day. That's mm-hmm. super important. So don't ever, you know, put yourself in such a high position that you can't go down and do anything. Mm-hmm. When you recognize greatness, plagiarize it. High school, you are out to plagiarize stuff. And that's true. Don't copy something right out of a book in a paper, but, uh, by all means, copy it and put it on your list of goals or whatever that looks like. And I don't just mean, you know, stuff people write, like, you know, act like them, you know, get their haircut, use the same words, have the same intensity of people who you really respect. And, you know, you, you can tell that they are successful and not just financially. I just mean successful in life in general, beat the sun up every morning would be, you know, another one, you know, there's no reason to ever really sleep past when the sun rises up, unless mm-hmm. you were up really late the night before every blessing. Is just a huge gift? Uh, each opportunity is a privilege. So just living in gratitude and not entitlement I'm a big believer in you're not owed anything. You got to go out and earn it. So don't act like you know, somebody should be giving you something for nothing. And then one of my favorite phrases, you know, it's always been one success is never owned. It's rented. Rent is due every day. So go earn it. So that would be, that would be my 10 things. Great. Well, thank you for sharing. I,
1: I think we could, should have you as a professor in, in, in business schools. I don't know Hold about on. that. <laughs> Maybe one day. Uh, well, well, Since you're getting up anywhere between five or six in the morning or at least before sunrise and and crushing it before lunchtime and then running your meetings throughout the day and also reading a book or trying to
2: a day, uh, what kind of fuel are you running on? So it came to my attention that four cups of coffee a day is not not a great idea. (laughs) So I'm trying to cut it down to two. But I'm also a big believer in, you know. Time. There's plenty of time in the day. Everybody's got the same amount of it. It's just really about how you use it. Mm-hmm. So I really get most of my work done in about six to seven hours a day. Uh, people who think they need to work a bunch of time. That's just wrong. It's not how, how much time you work is no measure of how hard of a worker you are or how effective of a worker you are. Mm-hmm. It's really just valuing time and knowing how to use it really, really effectively and efficiently great well for those
1: who are looking to remove junk from their place or right. learning a little bit uh, from our aspiring professor of business oh, how man. can they best uh, reach out to you
2: okay so if you need junk removed just go to our team's website joseph junk removal.com uh, my team would be more than happy to assist you we remove just about anything and if you want to reach out to me personally you can just email me at joseph at josephjunkremoval.com or just look me up on social media. I'm on most platforms. Wait, not TikTok, but everything oh. <laughs> else. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Joseph. You got it. And our next guest,
1: we have Tess Gamble with Penipon LLC. Tess, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Great.
1: Appreciate you joining us. So kind of share with us your background as to what got you started.
3: Well, I'm going to take you back a little bit, but it's, not, it's going to go kind of quickly. So back in 2002, I was promoted into um, corporate HR. And after I worked so hard on that promotion and then after getting promoted, um, looking fast forwarding to 2012, 10 years later, I'm looking at my life and I'm wondering, will I ever have the opportunity to enjoy life again? Because it seemed like life had just disappeared for me. So all of the things that I enjoyed doing, I didn't have the opportunity to do it anymore. I couldn't spend time with family. I couldn't spend time with my friends. Um, I loved going to the movies, but I couldn't do those things. So then I looked at the fact that I was working 18 hours a day and getting about five hours of sleep. And that's when I realized that, you know, I needed to do something. Um, But I didn't take action at that time. It was actually one day when I was working those long hours. All I would really do is basically come home, go to bed, and then leave the house. And one day as I'm about to leave the house, I decided to have a cup of tea. And I was sitting in my family room, and it As I'm sitting there, I looked at the room almost like I couldn't identify my own home. So I was starting to disconnect with my home space. And I had a friend that had a baby, not connected to that story, but I had a friend that had a baby. And normally you would go see the baby, but they had to see me because they had to come to see me because I was working so much. So at that point, that was another, you know, something that happened that's causing me to ask myself, will I ever have life again? Um, I would say. I started to lose weight. I developed eczema. And I asked myself, is my job going to kill me at this point? Hoping not. And I was very concerned that I was going to actually lose my mind. And if you have loss like that, you're wondering, can you ever get that time back? So the trigger came when I had that baby shower for the friend that came to visit me. And I catered most of the food, but some of the containers ended up in, in my kitchen. And it's like two weeks later, and I have this stuff, and it's starting to smell, And I called one of my girlfriends and I said, can your daughter, teenage daughter, come help me clean my kitchen and while I'm like trying to get things back in order? And at that point, that's when I realized I was looking for dependable um, support, someone to help me ongoing, someone that I could depend upon. So I realized that there were people out there that needed help just like me. And it started me probing and asking myself some questions to say, you know, if you need this, I know other people need this. And that's how I started with Pandapon.
1: Great. So what uh, what was the impetus as to you saying, you know what, I've had enough where I'm working at. I need to get control of my life. I know there is a de- demand for this particular service, uh, Was that that one incident where your friend visited you or was it a little bit more after that?
3: It was really a building of things. I think it was one when I looked at 10 years had passed and the things that I enjoyed, like taking a vacation, I I didn't do that anymore. Um, Or if I did, I worked so hard prior to the vacation and then I worked hard after I returned from the vacation. It was the fact that I was just, I was losing weight and I didn't, I couldn't control the weight loss. Um, I was developing the eczema. It was, you know, my family was calling to check on me, you know, several times because they were concerned about how I was making it. Um, So it was kind of a building over 10 years where I got to the point of saying, okay, you really need to take control of your life. Unless life, you know, you're gonna you're gonna either lose your mind
1: or you will pro- you may die. Well, thank you for sharing. Well, well now, now that you hopefully uh, you, you've found your mind or haven't lost it, now you've got to. A- <laughs> now, now you're having a service specifically for other busy professionals to help them exactly. not lose their mind uh, <laughs> in that regard. And what you would call yourself uh, as the concierge firm or concierge services firm at Atlanta can you kind of share with us like what what the key differences when people hear concierge, they think of the hotel hotel concierge. What, what is the difference between a hotel concierge service and, and what you do in, as a corporate concierge service?
3: With When you're visiting, when you're traveling and you're at the hotel, you have someone that will coordinate, you know, your, um, dinner plans, dinner reservations for you. Um, any sightseeing, um, or attractions that you're interested in. So they will coordinate those things and they will help you when you're on vacation. But with Pendapon, uh, personal concierge, corporate concierge, we help you with those things ongoing. So we will help you plan the vacation to have the concierge, the, the hotel concierge assist you. We will um, run errands for you. We will manage um, some of the home needs that you may have, car maintenance. So we're ongoing helping you with everyday life. Um, One of the common terms that we use as uh, concierge um, or we use them interchangeably is that we're also considered a lifestyle manager or people also call us personal assistants. I think um, a lot of times I have to reference that so people can um, understand the connection between everything.
1: So what would you say is the most rewarding thing uh, being a corporate concierge service provider?
3: I would say the most rewarding is allowing someone to find their life again, allowing a busy professional to spend time um, to enjoy their life, enjoy and enjoy their hobbies, enjoy their family, um, just finding life again, kind of like how I was able to find life again, find life again and enjoy it. Mm-hmm.
1: And it sounds like you want others to kind of not go through what you went through, but, uh, have an avenue to, uh, not lose your mind.
3: Correct. And, and it, you know, we, you know, when I said that sometimes it come across as, you know, a little funny, like, did you really lose your mind? But, um, Sometimes we don't know how much stress people are dealing with at work. And if you can, if I can give them an hour back to, you know, just go for a walk or to read a book or just relax and say, you know what, tonight I'm going to watch an hour of mindless TV because I deserve it. That's fine with me.
1: Can you kind of share with us what is the most interesting request uh, that you had with the client? Of course, you can you know, leave their identity out.
3: Yes, I would say with the corporate clients, we receive a lot of Aaron requests. Um, we've always received a lot of Aaron requests, but um, since COVID, a lot of our corporate clients seem to be ordering um, from Amazon. Or they're ordering from, trying to see where else they're ordering from. They may just order online, maybe maybe something from the mall. They may pick up, or um, they will order it, but they need it returned locally, or they need it dropped off at an Amazon return location. We will handle those. But another service we've um, that has grown since you know dealing with the pandemic is that a lot of people are interested in. Uh, small, you know, small events for their teams. Because during COVID, we did several virtual small events. We did employee recognition. Um, we did baby sh- uh, baby shower. So the small events, virtual events, have grown since uh, dealing with COVID.
1: So for the listeners who are uh, potentially out of Georgia or even internationally and they're kind of feeling what you went through a couple of years back and they think, well, I definitely want to make a similar impact. Um, what would be a starting advice as to how they can get started?
3: If they're interested in getting started, we can help some clients um, virtually. So we can, if they're look, needing help, virtual help, we can do that. We can also help them with some research. And if they're getting to the point where they actually need someone that's hand, that is hands on, um, that's local, we can also, um, connect them with some concierge in that area because I am connected to, um, concierge in other locations.
1: Mm, Great. So for those who would like to have an opportunity to get an hour or more of their life back, How can they best uh, reach out to you and find you?
3: They can contact us. Well, they can find us on our website. That's www.pendapun.com. Or they can call us at 844 penda That's 844-736-3876. Great.
1: Thank you, Tess. So, as you've heard here, we kind of have a theme of helping people getting rid of physical junk or maybe mental junk in terms of regret or not getting so much weight of junk uh, whether mental, mental or physical but uh, not accruing junk by losing their minds. So uh, a universal question I would like to bring to our three wonderful guests is for our listeners who are kind of on the fence in regarding whether to starting their own business or having self-doubt and the regret whether it be in business or personal life, uh, share with us kind of one major lesson that you would like to share with our listeners as to either one or two things, either help them getting rid of mental junk or not accruing mental junk. So that being said, we'll give our guests a little time to think about their answer. And of course, this is the legalese portion of the show. So this show is sponsored and brought to you yours truly by myself, Anthony Chen with Lighthouse Financial Network. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., RAA, member FINRA, SIPC. RAA is separately owned and other entities or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of RAA. The main office address is at 575 Broad Hollow Road out in Melville, New York, 11747. You can best reach me at 631 465 9090 extension 5075 or my email, which is just my full name, Anthony Chen, uh, last name spelled C H E N at L F N L L C dot com. Now back to the program. So the question again is, what is one lesson or advice you would like to share uh, with our audience in terms of either getting rid of or not accruing mental junk? Diane would like to lead us
0: off. So I think my sole purpose in life is to help owners to really let go of that mental junk. And I I think there's just um, so much unintentional ways that our mind will land on a belief that we can't do it, we're doing it wrong, and we just don't realize the impact of that. And when my clients do... They can watch it, see it for what it is, and step into their bigger vision. And and the, my, all my clients are supremely confident and don't realize some of the mental weight that is causing so much stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is just awareness first and really leaning in on a mentor or coach and really leaning into the truth about themselves.
1: Great, right. thank you. And
2: Joseph? Wow, I'd say people is everything. So yourself and everybody else and understanding those things. So teaching yourself to be incredibly aware of yourself and others and whether, you know, that that be by reading, you know, having a mentor or a coach or just surrounding yourself with people who are a lot smarter and more mature than you. I think when you put all those things together, you got some dynamite. Great. And Tess closing us off.
3: I would say first thing is have a planner, just get the junk, you know, out of your head that helps kind of clear your mind a little bit. And after you get it in the planner of what you need to do for the week or for the day, then see what it is you can delegate. And I'm pretty certain you can at least find one to two things on your list that you can find someone to help you with. Mm
1: -hmm. Great. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. This is great. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. So close. Thank you. Thank you. So closing off with our last segment uh, called Anthony's Perspective through a Financial Lens with the theme of mental junk or financial junk. So for a lot of people kind of listening in and tuning in, knowing a little bit about what I do as a financial advisor, uh, going with today's theme is that kind of barrier or regret. And sometimes I do get the conversation uh, with clients where they kind of feel embarrassed or ashamed or regret. Oh, I should have done this. I could have done that. Do a little better. Well, the conversation really is just getting started, getting getting rid of that guilt. that's that bridge, that water's already under the bridge. The next best step is to having that conversation, having that plan, and starting looking forward instead of backward. We don't drive looking in the rearview mirror. We look at the windshield. So that being said, I'd like to close out today's program with an awesome podcast. And thank you for listening to Family Business Radio.